0: Join the guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting MaxLawEvents.com.
1: Run your law firm
2: the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mewtrips. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Moyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Eudrichs. What's up, Jimmy? Good morning, Tyson. I just got back from vacation. It's good to chat with you. We haven't recorded an episode in a while, so and we're recording two this week. We have Bob Berg on tomorrow, so that'll be exciting. How you been?
3: I am, I'm doing well. I, I was. I sort of teased you before. I gave you a little tease as to something I got, um, and I want to talk about it. I'm channeling my uh, inner Lee Rosen, and I bought... A Works Landroid, wait for it, robotic lawnmower. And it, oh, cool. <laughs> it mowed my lawn last night. How awesome is that? How did it do? Uh, it does really well. It, it, it cuts with little razor blades and it cuts off a little bit at a time. So it mows one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off. You can do whatever whatever way you want to do it. But it is awesome. It was, it was sort of a pain to set it up, but now it's set up. I can fire the lawn people, and it's the lawn. The lawn is cut by itself.
2: That's amazing. Well, do you want want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today?
3: Yes, absolutely. So we have Daniel Marcoson. He's the co-founder and CEO of the Growth Institute. Uh, And I'm going to read. I don't normally do this, Daniel, but I'm going to read your your actual bio. Um, As a serial entrepreneur, Daniel quickly realized that CEOs are often the bottleneck of the company. Jim Hacking, especially, and me. Um, In the same way that you can't solve a problem without a first elevating your mindset, a business can't evolve beyond what the CEO can handle. Daniel is on a mission to give executives the support and methodologies that he wishes he had in his entrepreneurial journey, being a good leader, successfully scaling companies and maintaining a high quality of life. Good morning, Daniel.
1: How are you guys? Good. How are you? Fine. Good. Super excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
2: We're excited to have you. Daniel, tell us a little bit about how you got started with Gazelles, with the Growth Institute, and sort of your your origin story.
1: So I, I uh, was born in Monterey, Mexico. I grew up in Mexico City, and I was the typical kid that sold everything in, in the school. I was even called to the office because I was making money in the school. I sold T-shirts, I sold cards, I sold everything. Indeed, when I was like eight or nine, I divided my parents' garage and built an aquarium, and I took people to buy to my aquarium and my garage every day so I was an entrepreneur and then I graduated from college industrial engineering and went to work for the Mexican government in Hong Kong my first job was in when when England went and gave Hong Kong back to China it was a really big year for Hong Kong and there was a lot of World Bank meetings and all that I was hired to help with the delegation there uh, and then I came back to Mexico to build my first company and we built kind of an e-trade uh, for the first trading platform for the Mexican market, uh, and then immediately partner with people in Argentina and Brazil, and we build the biggest uh, trading platform, online trading platform for Latin America. We end up growing a company with twelve hundred employees, offices in nine countries. We open three banks, and we build the first platform for financial trading in Latin America, user financial trading, and that just was a great learning experience. Really, really fast. Very young. So I sold that company when I was 28. It was, it was weird. The internet time just invented, allow young people to learn very, very fast. So that's how it started. And from there, I, by the way, I, I hired Vern as my coach. I begin having a lot of growth pains. I begin asking who was the best in the world about that. They told me Vern Harnish. I went to meet him at a program in MIT, became good friends. He significantly teach me how to be a CEO. And that helped me with the success we have. And then I became a coach with him, coaching other CEOs. And then the Growth Institute was a way to take the coaching services to a broader way. Just to give an example, a typical coach charges between sixty-seventy thousand dollars and 120 a year. We give you very similar services or the content for two to three thousand dollars online with coaching calls and everything that we do online. So it's a great way to be able to help smaller firms, giving them a great service and, and methodologies and content in a price and format that makes sense for them.
3: Daniel, what I, what, I just want to say, what, what you all do is amazing. I actually have on my desk, Scaling That's Up. That's a book, yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. Uh, we've, we've gone through it as a firm. I think it's fantastic. Um, but so sometimes people, they, they give us a little bit of pushback on whether or not they need a coach. You know, I, I know what I need to, need to do. I just need to do it. Um, and, and you, you, you had successful companies, you were doing great, but you still needed a coach, right? You, you, you sought out Vern. So what what was it like? Why, why would you
1: say that you needed a coach? You were doing well comparatively. I mean, so why did you need a coach? So as an example, I have, I today have three coaches, by the way, there's three things that I need to do that I want to do and do better. I hired a YouTube coach. I'm trying to take my YouTube to the next level. And I'm not an expert in YouTube. I'm not an expert on messaging. I'm not an expert on all that. And I hired this girl that she's amazing. Her traffic and her views is exploding. And she teaches you how to do that. As an example, Friday I have, we're redoing our winning moves, our three to five year goals. After COVID, things are changing a lot. Online education is exploding. It's advancing five years in three weeks or in three months. So I hired a scaling up coach to help me coach me and my team on how to do it right. I could not coach myself. And I'll tell you this as the best example. There's another coach in Gazelles that he had some overweight problems. And he's been like kind of fat for many years. And one day I saw him and he had lost all his weight. And I was like, wow, what do you do? And I said, hey, Daniel, I finally follow our formula. I hired a coach and I hired this very beautiful nutritionist that I have to go to her office every week. I agree on a plan, and then I follow the plan. And I have to, every Monday, have to go to her office, wait myself, and tell her if I build a plan or follow the plan. And my internally, because I know I'm paying her, I have to go every week, I have to measure myself, I am way more disciplined to get things done. So one is really understanding what's the right food, but also the discipline of doing it. So the coach really helps you do two things. First, helps you agree to a plan that makes sense. And I've seen other people, they say, yeah, I read the book and I did this and they went completely wrong. Uh, And I could give some examples of that. So one is to make sure you're doing it right. And the second one is to help you get unstuck. The worst thing that you could do to someone whenever they're doing something is get stuck. Whenever you're losing weight, you lose a lot of weight and then you kind of get stuck and you get like a, a plateau. And people get disencouraged and begin eating, and then they go up. Whenever you're a coach, same thing happens. They're going, having great traction. Something happens that they were not expecting. They lose excitement about what they're doing, and they just drop it. And the coach is there to help you unstuck and tell you, hey, it's normal after you do this, whatever's going to happen. So the coach will allow you to make sure they're doing things right, and then get unstuck and keep the momentum and, and the focus on something. That's great, Daniel. Getting back to when you first hired
2: Vern, what would you say are the one or two best lessons that you learned from Vern Harnish? For those of you who don't know, we're talking about Vern Harnish, the author of Scaling Up and many other good books. So,
1: so Vern really teach me what is to be a CEO. No one really teaches you to be a CEO. Whenever you're building a company, you never think, oh, I'm going to be a CEO. You think about, hey, what product am I going to do? What price? Who i am going to sell it? How i am going to finance it? And then one day you wake up and they were like, wow, I'm a CEO. And no one really teaches you what you have to do as a CEO. And usually you're working in your business, not on your business. And people say, yeah, you have to work on your business. And I'm like, yeah, what is that? Well, that is building your long-term vision, understanding your core values, writing your brand promise, like all these things that are really important, but you never spend the time. Vern gave you a model called scaling up that obligates you first to write a one-page strategic plan and obligates you to ask you these questions and really get the right answers. And then it gives you a system and procedure for you to be a CEO. And and let me just walk you a little bit on this. So I go to a company and say, hey, show me your systems. And they show me their accounting system and their production system and customer support system and all the systems. And they say, great, show me your CEO system. And they look at me and said, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah. what's your system to be a better CEO. What's your system to take strategy? What's your system to communicate with your team? What's your system to align your team? And everyone rambles. No one has a CEO system. Vern gave us a CEO C- system. That's why CEOs and, and leaders of companies love scaling up that much. Because it gives us a mental framework to teach us and give us a format to what we have to do. So that's that's the first thing that Vern taught me. And the second thing that I learned from Vern, once you pass the million dollar mark, you kind of know how to make money. Making money is not a problem. The problem is focusing on the right things and keeping the money. And there's an article that I read recently in Harvard uh, Business Review that said, more opportunities die for too much opportunity than for lack of opportunity. You put your hands in too many cookie jars. So Vern said, hey, the most important thing about the CEO when they're scaling it's really focusing the team three to five priorities and keeping the one thing, the one thing, having everyone aligned with what is important. And that's what gets con- continually reinforced in scaling up.
3: So Daniel, I, this is a great segue because um, I talked about you know, the executive level mindset last week uh, in, a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a presentation that I did. And one of the members basically said, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, it's kind of easier said than done. You know, you've got your things you're supposed to focus on every single day, but, you know, life happens. And I'm just curious, like, wh-
1: like what would your response be to that? The best CEOs don't allow life to happen. Like, they, they, they just don't accept that. And, and they're able to keep, and, and Vern has this saying, he said, the number one thing is to keep the number one thing being the number one thing. So let me give you as an example. One of the most successful companies in the world, Google, Right. Whenever you go to google.com, what do you find? A search bar and a search button. That's it. Imagine how many employees of Google want to put their bot on there, their product there, like how difficult is for Google to keep the website completely empty that it's just the logo that they change and they change in the search bar, that's it. Like Apple, the first thing Steve Jobs did when he turned Apple around. He came to Apple, did a two-by-two, and said, what do we do? We serve consumers and companies, and we serve them laptops and desktops. Give me the number one laptop we have for consumers. Give me the number one desktop for consumers, the number one laptop for companies, and the number one desktop for companies. Everything else, throw it away. And today, Apple is worth more than a trillion dollars, and you could have put all the SKUs of Apple in one table. That's what makes companies successful, that they're able to keep the one thing being the one thing.
2: Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial, and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M A X L A W 100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. So, Daniel, picking up on that, we we spent a lot of time with our members talking about the importance of niching down, about how, you know, for lawyers who want to practice in multiple practice areas, we find that problematic. And we think that just like Apple, you need to try to be the best in your field. How, how would you sort of advise us to talk to our, our lawyer clients about that?
1: So if you understand the people that make the most money in the world are artists, actors, people like sports people, people that train a lot. They are really, 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 really good doing one thing and one thing only. They don't do anything else. Like, if you go to baseball, there's a guy that is the best first base player. That's it. He doesn't know how to do anything else. Just play first base. Like, Babe Ruth, he was overweight. He ran really slow. But what was Babe Ruth really good at? Home runs. That's it. Nothing else. Like, he was good in baseball, in home runs. Like, you think that he was good in baseball, he was good throwing and teaching and no just one thing and that's what we make him we pay him the big bucks so the people that are the best in one thing even if it's a smallest thing they get paid the highest so so let's talk about like thought leadership vern what is vern good at how to help mid-market companies scale faster that's it that's the only thing he does and he's known worldwide on how to do that correctly and he gets paid big bucks just to do that so whenever you talk about niches hey what's niche that i could it's a a niche that is big enough that it's worth it two that i could be the best in the world at, and that i really like and that's the big hack that's those are the components of the big hack one of the things that you we teach at scaling up and you have to do on your one page plan so the other day i was reading this article about a guy that he's the best in the world to do doors for catholic churches that's it he just do doors for catholic churches he's the best in the world so when whatever city does a cathedral what door are you going to put the door of this guy like you don't like if you how much are you going to spend in building a cathedral or a a church right like the door is the minimal thing, but you're going to get the best. That's where people come in, where people take the picture. So this guy is the best in the world to do that. Do you think he's going to have ever any financial problem? Never. Right? So that's what I call Nietzsche. The best people in the world, we pay them big bucks because they train a lot and they're the best in doing just one thing and one thing only. I, I'm loving this so much, Daniel. This is, I mean, this is great, but I, I
3: have a question because I know that there's probably some people listening right now. They're, they run a law firm. They probably just dealt, dealt with a technical issue with computer. They've got a client that's pissed off at them. They've got an employee that wants off tomorrow. So think, they're thinking about all these different things. And so they're like, well, you know, uh, th- this doesn't apply to me because I've got, I've got to do all these different things. So my question is this, What do you think the CEO, and and in this case, it'd be the CEO would be the law firm owner, the person running the firm. Like, what's the one thing that they should be focusing on? Like, what's that one thing for them?
1: So it really, and sorry, sorry, I'm not going to give the right answer, but each one has their own one thing. And the one thing changes depending on trends, who you are, the market, things like that. As an example. Today, with COVID and everything that is happening, there's a lot of things that are changing dramatically in the world. Let's talk about a really big trend as an example. Globalization. Everything was globalization, globalization, and we've been since World War II, today, was everything about globalization. How can I make something and then replicate it all over the world? That end in 2019, we saw a huge trend in nationalism, starting with Trump, with other President saying, hey, I'm the president of my country. I'm not about the other one. And now with COVID, you're seeing much more national tourism. You're seeing all of that. So a lot of people had their one thing being international. And now their one thing changed dramatically just because of COVID. So you have to have your one thing being focused in whatever is the right trends. And there's some trends that are continuing and there's some trends that are changing you have to go on the right trend. Um, talking about the Catholic, and I'm gonna go a little bit against me on the Catholic church, how many countries or cities are building cathedrals today? Not very many, very very many, right? What's, what, what's a religion that is growing in the world today? The Muslim religion is the fastest growing religion in the world today. So if I was gonna make doors today, I will choose that. This guy is in his 80s today, and he's the, the legend on Catholic churches. He did great in his life. But if I'm young today, and I'm gonna pick a, a trend, and I'm gonna pick something to be the best in the world, and I want to do doors, I'll probably don't choose Catholic doors. I will probably choose doors from Muslim mosque or whatever, right? So you have to understand what are the trends, what are you really good at, and then get your number one thing, get the main thing, the main thing. That's, that's a great response. Jimmy, before you ask
3: your question, I'm curious, because Jim, you focus on, on immigration and mostly, uh, I think, with Muslim countries, is, is did you see that trend coming? Is that why you chose that practice area, Jimmy?
2: Well, my wife's from Egypt, so that made it sort of easy, and I became a Muslim 25 years ago, so that was just sort of a natural fit. But yeah, definitely the, with immigration, and you know, right now we have a president who's trying to slow all that stuff down. But getting to my next question for Daniel, Daniel. It looks like you have a book or two behind you. In yep. The, for those of you listening only, you can't see. Daniel has a very impressive one, two, three, four, five level bookshelf that is just filled with books. Talk. There's another one to the right. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Sorry. I'm sure there. Is. No, no. I'm sure there is. Tell us. Tell us about your philosophy when it comes to finding nuggets in
1: books, or what? Why? Why do you have so many books? So I realized very early in life that. Indeed, let me go back to one thing and then I'll come back to this. Remember, Malcolm Gladwell gave us a 10,000-hour rule. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell read a story that if you do something for 10,000 hours, you become great on doing that. Reality is you have to do 10,000 hours but have deliberate practice to do it better. I could run 10,000 hours and still run, uh, run wrong. I need to have a coach that is guiding me on how to do it better. Every problem or opportunity I have in my life Someone already got through that, fixed it or figure out how to do it, and wrote a book or a methodology on how to do it. So today, whenever I have a problem or an opportunity, the first question that I ask is, who is the best in the world that already had that and figure out how to do it? And usually, that person wrote a book, has a blog, has a podcast, where they explain how to fix that. And then I read it or see the course or go to the blog or whatever. And then I have a deliberate practice on how to implement that system and procedure. So that's why I have all these books. And by the way, I probably read 60% of them, but the other ones, I know they're there and I know where can I find what I need to find. And it, it's, it's crazy how many times a day I go back to my bookcase and get a book and reread something or, or go through something that I know it's there that I'm not an expert on or I'm not I don't know it by heart and I go and review it. So I really believe books is the cheapest, best way to get into people's mind and getting people to help you solve your things through deliberate practice.
3: Daniel, I think that's fantastic. Uh, for my last question, I, will you talk about the importance of learning and training your people in, in your company to to, to
1: to make sure that your, your company grows? So I'm going to I'm going to explain this in sales, but it applies to everything, and then I'll go to lawyers. Usually, you get your best sales agent and make them your best your sales manager. That's a huge mistake. You lose your best agent because now they don't have time to sell, and they're usually a lousy manager because sales is all about them and all about talking. Manager is all about hearing and helping others, right? Jack Daly says, the role of the sales manager is not to grow sales. is to grow sales agents in capacity and quantity. If I have a thousand sales agents greatly trained with all the tools they need, copy, whatever, they will sell a lot for my company. So my role is, how can I grow more sales agents in capacity and quantity? Same thing happens in service companies like law firms. Their owner job is not to practice law is how can I get more lawyers in my office working for me, that they're the best to do that. And if I train them and grow them, they're gonna do that. And I would like to close with this story about Henry Ford. I don't know if you remember this, and I I read this somewhere. Um, Henry Ford one day was attacked by a reporter that he was a non-intelligent person. And he was sent like to a court or something. I don't, don't remember exactly. But the guy said, I'm going to prove that Henry Ford is a non-intelligent person. And he asked Henry Ford 10 questions. Who wrote the Odyssey, the book? And Henry Ford said, I have no idea. What is the the six digits of pi? And Henry Ford said, I have no idea. And then asking these 10 questions. And Henry Ford didn't answer any of the 10 questions. And the guy said, see, this guy is a non-intelligent person. And Kerry Ford said, but let me explain for me what's intelligence. And everyone said, okay, like explain what you think. And the guy said, in my office, I have a box with buttons. If I push button number one, the best engineer of the world comes running to my office. Sir, how can I help you? And if I ask him, what are the six decimals of pi? He knows them. If I push button number two, I get the best lawyer in the world. And if I tell him, how to do something of law. He tells me how to do it. And if I push push button number three, I get the best accountant in the world and tells me how to finance my projects. So intelligence is to have the best people in the world working for you and coming, running to your office to say, how can I help? If you want to know everything, you're going to stay small. If you figure out how to get everyone working for you, being the best, you will be the best because now you have everyone helping you. Same thing is with your team. How can I get the best lawyers, train the best with the best tools to serve my clients? And that's going to grow my firm. And Jim, I saw you moving your hands really happy. <laughs> why, why, why the reaction?
2: I was cheering because we have this debate all the time. And, and I'm one of these people who really, really wants to sort of let other people do the legal work and I want to sort of grow the firm. And so you're, you're, you're preaching to me, but we get a lot of resistance from people. And I understand there's people who really enjoy practicing law. But if they're going to do that, they still have to find someone to be the CEO if they want to just practice law.
1: So go, go to read the e-myth, the book, e-myth. The e-myth says that the myth of entrepreneur is that companies are built by entrepreneurs. No, most of the companies are started and built by technicians. So a lawyer works in a law firm and said, hey, I'm a really good lawyer. I'm going to make my, my firm. And they go and do their own firm because they want to practice law. And they realize being an owner of a business is not about practicing law. It's about accounting, charging your clients, finding your, your clients. Like there's a lot of things. And the thing they do the least is practice law. So every business has to have three mentalities or mindsets. One is a technical mindset that does the work. One is the administration mindset that makes sure the company is alive and pays taxes and the payroll and all that. And then entrepreneurial mindset that makes right happen, goes out and get clients, packages, uh, all of that. So the most successful entrepreneurs, they know they need to have the three mindsets in the company. They choose to do one and they hire people or partner with people that do the other three. So if you want to practice law and you're the best lawyer, do not become an entrepreneur on your own and open your law practice. If you want to open your own law practice and you're being an owner, great. Partner with an entrepreneur, partner with a manager, and then you're in charge of the law part. But without the other two, you don't have a law firm.
3: That's great stuff. All right. We're uh, we're gonna have to stop it right there. But before I do, I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group, get involved there. And if you don't mind taking just a couple seconds while you're listening to the end of this episode to please leave us a five-star review. Jimmy, what is your hack of the week?
2: So my hack of the week is that people need to tell their clients success stories a whole lot better and a whole lot more often. That As we always talk about with marketing, nobody wants to hear about us as boring old lawyers, but they love to hear stories of transformation. So if you can get in the habit of telling your tribe about the successes of the people that you've worked with, that's going to be your greatest calling card that, you know, where we're in that book storyboard where you're the guide to your client's hero journey. I think that we forget that. But every time I do a marketing piece that is all about my client successes and very little about me, um, those are always the, the most well-received.
3: Great advice. Um, all right, Daniel, I want you to give us a tip or hack but before I do. Will you let people know how they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you?
1: We have all our trainings at growthinstitute.com or scalingup.com, that's, that's Vern's website but we, we teach things from Vern and we have eighty other any other faculty at Growth Institute. We we teach all uh, practical things that mid-market seed level executives need. And I'll also give you my my um, my email is Daniel at growthinstitute.com. Happy to help anyone. And the program that we have that usually people start with us is called The Edge and we're helping you and your team go to the edge talking about being delivered practice it's the best community that we have to help you and your team go to the edge and start taking better decisions and executing better
3: fantastic uh, all right so my tip is actually something that i stole from jim hacking uh, jim motivated me last week because he was talking about how he had and it wasn't on the podcast i think it was in the guild how he had basically outsourced his uh, email and he has someone checking his email so I got motivated. I got a little jealous. I got motivated, and uh, so I now have someone that is doing my email. I, I instantly created a list of rules, and I spent a long time on my list just to make sure I had it right. And I found someone that was perfect on on upwork. She's awesome. She's knocking it out of the ballpark. So my tip is to go and have someone take care of your email. Like I'm, I'm saving so much time already. It's already worth it. Uh, and my the the goal is to get to inbox zero. And I'm sure when I just said that, a lot of you are like, oh my gosh, that would be so amazing to be at Inbox Zero. And I when I'm there, I will let everyone know because it's gonna be a glorious, glorious day.
1: Daniel- I love what you say, Tyson. My I have an executive assistant living in Queretaro, Mexico. I see her, if lucky, once a year on the Christmas party, and she does all my email, probably responds 80% of my emails. And she's amazing. it's, it's like you can't imagine how much. I adore her because of everything she does and how f- great my clients feel. By the way, they call her directly or they email her directly. Hey, I need to have lunch with Daniel or whatever. They call with Daniel. They don't even call me. They know she's so great that they just call her directly. It's amazing.
3: That's awesome.
1: That is so good. And like, before I wrap up, I, I do want to like
3: address something you just said because you're so right. You are actually, whenever you do this, you are providing better service to your clients because they're, they're getting a response faster. It's not just an email sitting in your inbox without a response. No. They're getting a response right away.
1: So, so when you said you, you did all these rules and training, the, one of the best things I've, I've done with Mayra is she always writes, said, hey, I got this email first than Daniel. I hope you enjoy a fast response. This is what you need. And just gives a solution. And people write and said like, wow, thank you. That's good. What's her average speed of responding compared to me? Me? Oh, that's like, like, like your assistant. No, no, no. Like, how fast will she respond compared to you? Right away. Like, we will. Like, it'll be days probably before I respond. So we've been in this podcast forty minutes or thirty minutes. I will guarantee someone already wrote you and she already responded. Yeah, I've you haven't even seen that. your email. No, and I don't plan
3: on looking at it till this afternoon.
1: Correct. Perfect. Remember your inbox. It's full of emergencies or things other people need, not what you need to do. Your important things are not in your inbox.
3: Focus on the number one thing that you can do. The number one. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much. I I don't want to take up any more of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been fantastic.
1: We really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate the invitation. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you.
2: Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more more content Go to MaximumLawyer.com Have a great week and catch you next time.